So this is our first podcast in a couple of weeks because hmm. we've been really busy, you and, know, with spring planting. And and really there's not a lot of other reasons why we haven't put out no, a podcast mm, in a couple weeks. Beg to differ. We've just been really busy and that's <laughs> been the only reason. It's nobody's fault. Everybody's been Yeah, like we didn't lose crucial part to this podcast or something <laughs> no memory cards went missing after we recorded a lovely podcast about sea and spray you'll have that on these big jobs um, so what did we learn what we learned is uh sam needs to stop trying to do three or four things at a time uh, and not uh, small sam so what happened was we oh. recorded a sea and spray ultimate podcast with a guest that's the worst part if it was just us three idiots it'd be fine it would have been fine we yeah. just like do it do another one it'd be no big deal but we had a special guest and it was a really really good podcast it was a too. good podcast like i would have hardly needed to edit it and then yeah somehow in the midst of me trying to record multiple videos switching to a different vehicle all sorts of other things that were going on I excuses just, i if i could come <laughs> up with some more i probably would <laughs> But yeah, the memory card that that podcast was on went missing, and I scoured the earth looking for it. But the podcast memory cards are these micro SD cards, so they're literally the size. They're smaller than my pinky nail. Like it's the, if it's gone and you lo lost it, it's gone forever. If there's something harder to find than a needle in a haystack, that is it. Finding a it, the new saying should be finding a micro SD card a around field. kibble equipment Oatana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there any like markings on it that says it's so it's so small? It's it's tiny, like uh, tiny, super tiny. tiny. Yeah, Does it say it's, like it's, property it's, of Sam Paulson on it. No. Well, <laughs> even if it did, you wouldn't be able to read it. So I'm just making a prediction that like three years from now, somebody will find it in the in somewhere. God knows where. And then we're gonna have this the lost episode and like. Oh, See, and spray great. will be like 100% adoption. It'll be just like that would be that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it'll just like talking about an ATU now. We can put an ATU on a tractor and make it drive straight. Who are these bumpkins? <laughs> so what we learned after we get done recording this, you're going to go and like make a, a hard, hard copy, a backup yeah. to a backup. You have like a one terabyte external hard drive, don't you? I know. I, I have the ability to do it. But you just don't. Well, I, let's not. We don't need that. No, you don't like getting picked on? Things happen. We're not Guys, you know what? We're not. We're just giving you grief about yeah, it. We not, get it. Stuff but it happens. has, but it not also, we, it has been a little busy for us mm. to make another backfill podcast. Yes. Even today, phones are currently buzzing on the table. Crazy. That, that was me. My oh, bad. Sam. My bad. Hey, prescribers. Yeah, it's been hectic across our whole trade area. It's been crazy. Planting has pretty much started all at the same time everywhere, except a little bit further north, a little bit further delayed. But uh, yeah, a lot of amazing progress in a short amount of time. Thank, thank God for high-speed planners. Well, and we've, we're all a part of the Kibble Support Center, which has been very busy here recently, currently busy, actually. <laughs> um, and so that's been tough to, to keep up with and, you know, do other things. Okay, let's get back. Let's get to the main reason why we're here for Sam's well, probably favorite, ep most favorite episode we're going to do. Yeah, why don't we start this podcast so we can get back oh, to yeah. answering the phone. Well, hit that intro button. <laughs> Welcome to Everything A. And then some. Presented by Kibble Equipment. 
frequently fun, usually informative, and always tangent-filled look at the industry that feeds the world. From cutting-edge John Deere technology to the impact of social media on the agriculture industry, no topic is off-topic. Thanks, G- chat GPT. <laughs> no, I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that with my own brain. <sighs> I was proud of it. That is really good. Oh, and before we start, make sure if you like listening to our podcasts, Give or even a- if you don't, just like throw us a bone and maybe rate the podcast like nicely. If you're not going to rate it five stars, just don't rate it, please. That'd be what I would prefer. <laughs> I'd prefer. If you don't like it. Yeah. Then just, you know, be just, nice. Yeah. Just go away. It's just like your mom told you. <laughs> if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Uh, yeah. And leave us a comment. I like reading comments so much so that uh, we put together an email address. If you wanted to send us an email with an idea um, or something you'd like to hear more about, we have an email address. It's everything ag podcast at kibble eq.com. Spell it out. Spell kibble eq. K I B B L E E Q. That's two E's and two B's. Not C O M. Because I get that all the time. Yeah, kibble eq.com. K I B B L E eq.com there's two e's not just one <laughs> dot dot com dot uk dot co dot <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't we dot biz have like our own twitter thing too or you, instagram no. i already have my own social media account the kibble equipment social media account i was not about to th- throw another one that has to but you don't check your email anyway true <laughs> valid point <laughs> another that's good point that's why it's spam email that's why it also goes to you too <laughs> did you did you actually push it forward oh, it out sure. to us yeah. oh, i get chris gets like a thousand emails a day i only get like a hundred a day so i'll tack it on get an email anytime a tractor sneezes yeah and it, honestly if we get emails to that account we also know other people than ourselves actually listen to the <laughs> podcast <laughs> well we talked about this on the Sea and Spray podcast that we don't have anymore. Well, we'll, we'll do it again. Yeah, but we we got up to number 52 or 54. No, I think that was on uh, the Margo podcast. Oh, that, that wasn't the Margo podcast. Yeah. I, I just, it's just a blur. The past three weeks have been a blur. And we give it, I'll give credit to Chris, it was the Starfire GPS episode that shot us up the charts. Yep. So old man, apparently old people man wanted Chris to listen wanted to, to our to old <laughs> kooky GPS guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yes every episode i take it down the path so the one of the best calls um on the support center i was we sam and i jensen and i sit next door to each other and here uh he other sam other sam and picks up the phone and i, I hear him say your seven thousand isn't working what and he's very 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 confused and i'm i heard that and i'm i'm very confused because we literally hadn't got shipped our seven thousand receivers yet yeah. and it was a seven thousand so it's a seven thousand planner his seed seed tube oh, sensor is sure. on his copy yeah. tra- on his copy track 250 yeah he had one seed sensor that was bad so i said check your wiring on your seed sensor and then if not take your seed sensor off take it into the nearest dealership they'll test it if it's bad get a new one and he's never called back so i'm assuming that worked Good job, buddy. Well, the plan for this episode is to talk about tillage. Uh, we haven't talked about tillage yet, and I like to use other people as our content for the podcast, but I realize we're kind of right in the middle of tillage season, planting season, um, so we better do an episode on tillage. Uh, and plus, that's where your heart is still. Well, a lot of people, at least people that know me from the last few years, know me as Tillage Man Sam. Bef- I was Tillage Man Sam before 
uh, in a previous I became life. kibble man, Sam. It was a, it was a previous, uh, yeah, a previous life for, for me, at least, uh, work wise. Uh, but I'll give some people a background on, I'm going to just refer to tillage man, Sam, as another person. He's uh, the paid he's, actor. Yeah. You know, take a, take it out of the millennial farmer's look. It's paid he, actor. He's passed. Yeah. He, rest in peace, tillage man, Sam. Um, so I used to work, I worked for deer for 10 years. And as soon as I started working for deer, I took on a lot of responsibilities with the tillage product line in Des Moines. So I spent years working on tillage from a product support standpoint. And then that kind of parlayed itself into me coming up and working on territory up here in Minnesota, North and South Dakota as the tillage rep. So I kind of got a nickname as tillage man, Sam, a funny story about back in my tillage days was, I think it was like three weeks into the job that I started working for John Deere corporate. Uh, I was asked by one of the product managers to go and give a speech, uh, or actually just a presentation to a group of people about the tillage product line. I knew the product line well enough. And he's like, I've already got the, I've already got the PowerPoint put together. All you have to do is go through the PowerPoint slides to a group of people. And I'm thinking in my head, like 15 people in a meeting room, like the size of the one we're sitting in now. Yep. Uh, so I didn't even look at the PowerPoint cause you know me, I'm all about <laughs> being by the prepared. I, yeah. I just shoot from the hip, including this podcast. Um, but so I walked, uh, into the building and I looked at where the meeting was. I was like, what meeting room is this? And it said the media center. And if anybody, especially my old John Deere coworkers that know Des Moines works, the media center is the old place where they used to do photo shoots of like sprayers and cotton pickers or whatever. So it's this huge building. Uh, I was like, Oh, that's kind of a big building for a little meeting. So then I walk <laughs> into the building, there's gotta be three, 400 people sitting in there. The front row is all people in suits. Some lady meets me at the door with a microphone in her hand, all frantic. And she's like, are you Sam Paulson? I go, I am Sam Paulson. And she goes, here, put this on. You're on after the keynote speaker. And I was like, oh my God, there's a keynote speaker. <laughs> and then I go first. Uh, I, was, oh, I was like, I haven't even looked at this. Uh, this should be interesting, but I'm game. So I get up to the front after the keynote speaker. And uh, I'm, I always think I need to make a joke in this situation. Cause I was like, this is going to go poorly. So hopefully I can make people laugh at least to start. So hi, I'm, Sam Paulson with product support here for the tillage product line. And yeah, we're going to be talking about John Deere tillage. So I start the first slide and I said, here we are, John Deere tillage, grabbing gears, scratching dirt. <laughs> I have 19 and a half minutes for questions. <laughs> no one laughed. Not one person even smiled. And I, I went tough crowd. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> And there was definitely a graph in there at some point, like a line graph that I had no idea what it said. So I just said, and here's a graph. And then <laughs> I went to the next slide. <laughs> and then somebody said it was okay. So whatever. Good I didn't enough. get fired. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be where I am today. So we're going to talk about John Deere tillage. I guess we can, you know, from where it started, like with the plow. Because John, John Deere hasn't had an original idea since the plow. People always bring that up. Um because we're, we're going to go all the way from the plow to, you know, autonomous tillage from self-scouring to self-driving. John Deere tillage. I'm surprised that's not a, not a slogan. It is. It is. I think it is. Oh, it is? Yeah, oh. I think it's on the website. I stole it. Sorry. I should know. I should know that. Well, no, apparently Chris doesn't go to the tillage page enough. Yeah. Yeah. We try to steer away from that. Nobody cares about tillage. Well, the fun thing is, so, um, about a year ago I made, um, it was about, yeah, it was about a year ago. Jeez. Uh, maybe more than that. I made a little video uh, because I found out it was kind of a bulletin that came through that was that didn't get a lot of fanfare. 
that John Deere was going to end production on the 3710, the traditional moldboard plow. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a really big deal. And for such a small part of a bulletin, because uh, that's, how long has it been? Like 190 years, 1837? I can't even do that math, but. Jaden, what's that math? 192, 194. I remember the big 175. 189, 193. We're in the precision should know that. I just said a bunch of numbers. I think they're all fairly close. One of them probably was right. Hopefully. I'll just edit the, the edit, right number. Edit the right number. Cut out in. all the other wrong ones. <laughs> what else did I miss? 194. 186. <laughs> Dang it. I didn't say 186. Now you can. 186. Um, but yeah, 186 years. So at that point, 185 where that product has been sold by John Deere. I mean, John Deere, the guy, never even saw a tractor. He was gone before a tractor even existed yeah so uh he was a tillage guy tillage man john um <laughs> that's a cool there's a the john deere historic site which is in grand detour grand detour detour illinois i like detour because it's probably wrong but it's like saying i'm mature yeah, so it's not which is also <laughs> wrong <laughs> if you're into if you're into equipment history it's it's not close to moline you have it's a little ways away it's a pretty cool place to visit but the reason i brought up the plow was because um, we ordered the last production 3710, which we we're really excited about. And I made a video that was like model year 22 is the last year that the John Deere plow will be in production. And then John Deere pulled a fast one on us and said, and it's not going to deliver. It still isn't here yet. So like it's going to be a model year 23. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that was just a spite play. <laughs> 2023 now liar. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we have we have that plow coming, which is cool. I mean, a really cool Let's thing. Chrome, fully chrome out. Yeah, we're, we're going to do something cool with it. Uh, keep an eye on our social media, the Kill Equipment social media page, because we're going to do some cool stuff when that when that thing finally gets here, June or July. It's going to be in the we next bring couple it months. To Farm Fest. We really should bring it. To we're Farm definitely Fest. bringing it to Farm Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So come to Farm Fest. Yeah, I don't care if you're not from Minnesota. If you're yeah. from Georgia, Completely. get up here. If you're from Texas, get up here. Illinois, come on now. I mean, as far as the tillage tools that we have today, we're looking at at least the flagship stuff, field cultivators. That includes mulch finishers, I would say. We've got our disc tools, VTs, which we're not going to call vertical tillage tools. We're just going to call them VTs so we don't VT, get anybody upset. So don't ruffle any feathers. And then we got our fall tools like our chisel plows and rippers. So those are kind of the big ones. And then we've also added, by we, I mean John Deere, the strip tail bar, the ST strip tail bar that's built by uh, Soil Warrior. Woo tillage. <laughs> no, those are kind of the five main ones. And one of the big things that all of those tools now have on them from the factory is TrueSet. From a base standpoint, TrueSet gives us in-cab adjustments, but then it also gives us the ability to document your tillage pass yes. and bring that information into operation center and utilize that to help make decisions on the farm. Uh, it gives you the ability to do prescription tillage. And that prescription tillage is something that I used to get laughed at for. And now I get a lot of people that are asking about that. So I think we're trying to make tillage be as smart of a pass, as an efficient of a pass as anything else on your farm. And we can do that with TrueSet. So what's what, so as far as what's new on TrueSet tillage, uh, TrueSet Active is the newest thing that'll be coming on our newest field cultivators, uh, vertical tillage tools. So as far as what TrueSet Active is, is original TrueSet or TrueSet at its base prior to 2023 has been there's a sensor on a linkage attached to a rock shaft on the tool and a rock shaft. If you're not 
familiar with the term, it's basically the tube that attaches to the wheels. So we've got a link to our wheels that are going up and down. The sensor has a kind of a known range of depth. So we're pretty close. When you calibrate it, it's usually pretty close to your actual depth, but there's no monitoring of how deep you're actually running. So if you've got tire sink going on, um, if your tool's fighting to stay in the ground, those things aren't really monitored because your wheels are not changing different the distance from the frame. So with TrueSet Active, there's essentially what I would consider the same thing as a boom track sensor on a sprayer. Yeah, it, it is it is a boom track sensor. I think it's the same part number. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. I think it's got a temperature. There's, but there's an addition of a temperature sensor yeah. on there, basically. Yep. But with that sensor, we can monitor actively monitor the depth of the tool. Now that scares people a little bit because they you know they don't want their tool bouncing up and around as mm-hmm. it's running through the field. So the important thing to note with TrueSet Active and the time I think is still 40 seconds it's 30 or 40 seconds on when it makes an adjustment so essentially you have to it makes an adjustment every 30 seconds so it won't be like bouncing around uh you know hunting or anything like that but it will make adjustments every 30 seconds so if you're getting into a spot where your field's kind of soft it'll monitor that depth it'll make an adjustment so that you're back to your set point and that'll be in base on true set machines now it hasn't rolled out on all the models but it's currently on like field cultivators, spring tools, and and vertical tillage tools like the yep. 2660 VT. Did I call it a vertical tillage tool? Is that bad? Yes. Because it's not. Because it's not a vertical tillage tool. <laughs> yeah, because people have very strong opinions <laughs> about what is and what is not a vertical tillage tool, I found out. So anytime, especially on social media, if I mention that we're at a, uh, we have a vertical tillage tool like the 2660 VT, it's, that's not a vertical tillage tool. That's a disc. I'm like, Vertical tillage is no soil movement, straight up and down discs. You can't have discs with an angle on them. That's not vertical tillage. And I, I will say this, um, at its base definition, at the, you know, I think the etymology of the word, wow, that was a big word, sorry. Oh, boy. Etymology, the, the, the I don't even know what to call it, the origin, origin. of that word, yeah, is exactly what people say, yeah. vertical tillage. The blades are like coulter blades, mm-hmm. and you're running at a zero angle, and all it's doing is slicing through the ground. But what vertical tillage is as a segment of a tillage market is not that. No, not at all. Because how many people actually do that? None. Even people that have the ability to, like with our 2660 VT, I know zero people that run it at zero degrees Mm -hmm. because it just doesn't do the job they want it to. So I actually have a good, when I started with John Deere, the 2623 VT came out. You can hold your opinions on the tool, but I went out to a field visit when this thing was first coming out and I was asking the senior engineer at the time, I said, what is vertical tillage? I'd never heard of it because I just started and I lived in Minnesota where it wasn't much of a it's thing. It's either rippers I mean, or chisel plows or field cultivators. I mean, we're ground zero for guys that still moldboard plow, <laughs> yes. which is a very small portion of yeah. the, the tillage practices in the United States. And we're kind of in a pocket where people still do that. But so it's very heavy conventional till, especially right here and where I grew up. Um, so I asked him, what is vertical tillage? And he said, whatever the market tells us it is. And that's, that's, that's true. So the, the important thing, I think the important thing with most new tillage tools that come out in this vertical tillage market segment, they're all adjustable now. Yeah. And every, all of them are. The newest yeah. tools are becoming more and more adjustable, just like the 2660 VT, where you can go from zero to 12 degrees. The important thing is when you make them more adjustable, you have to make those adjustments easier and smarter. Mm-hmm. And that's the 2660 VT. Yeah. So, Cause a lot of competitors you're getting wrenches out and things like that to make those adjustments. Yeah, right? you, you can, you can pull pins gangs. and yeah. move gangs that way. You know, cause a lot of it, the adjustability is in, especially in the angle of the blades that they're running. You can customize to the field operation. You can make it 
truly make a tool a two-season tool. You can be more aggressive in the fall if you're trying to manage residue. You can be a little bit lighter in the spring, a little bit less soil disturbance, trying to leave it you know, a little bit more even, just kind of open up the ground like you would up here. But with the 2660 VT, all those things can be done with the cab. There's actually, you can option it to the point where every single mechanical adjustment on that tool can be done from in the cab without you having to get a wrench, pull a pin, nothing. So it's pretty impressive. There is no competitor that has that range of adjustment, uh, especially in all aspects of the tool. And the 2660 VT has essentially been unchanged and been out since 2019. So, yeah. So you could do all the all the settings, everything. So front to back. Yeah. So side to side, front to back. Wait, are you going to do the wrap, the tillage adjustment wrap? <laughs> so it, well, I I front was to back, side to side. <laughs> I was at, <laughs> I was at John Deere as well. And I, when uh, when I started, they sent us to all these they call them system schools. So we spent like a week or two at a time at each factory, and so tillage was one of them. And they they just beat it in your head, basic, pretty much. So this applies to any tillage tool. It really does yeah, apply to any yeah, tillage. Any tillage, yeah. So if you're doing your basic setup, you first do your front to back back adjustment, then yep. your side to side, then your speed because there's always a recommended speed. Yep. Depth. Yep. And then and overlap angle angle of attack and overlap. Yep. Yeah. So now put that into a wrap. I think I could actually just take <laughs> what Chris just said in the audio file, and, and then I could put some <clears> beatbox, mix it put some crunchy beats under it. Yeah, <laughs> crunchy beats. Jensen does the beatbox. Yeah. <laughs> I don't edit. That I mean, out. I got a, edit I got that a, out. <laughs> I got a buddy with turntables. I could see if he could put something together for me. Throw it together. Boss man raps. <laughs> DJ boss man. <laughs> no, he'd be little boss man. Little. <laughs> so, so we talked uh, true set and right? you could be in there too with just, you could be little Sammy. <laughs> it's really hard to wrangle you guys in. <laughs> So you talk true set, but you skipped over a big part of tillage history Ac that makes people scared of true set. Accudab. The A word. Oh yeah. Well, we just tried to forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Because it, I, I hate it. Yeah. We still, so, we get some accudab yes. questions all the time. Yes, so we I guess we really should be clear, you know, why it's a different name. What's, what's different. Well, that was some, that was something we really fought because when I first came up on territory, when I was working for deer. It was when the it was right along with the release of the twenty two thirty field cultivator, which was the release of TrueSet on the field cultivator, and that was when AccuDepth got replaced by TrueSet. So people had all this heartburn, and it might not even be heartburn from a guy that ever ran it. It's just word of mouth. Like mm -hmm. I was when I ordered my twenty two ten, my neighbor said, "Don't get that AccuDepth because you know they had problems with it." And I would say the the biggest because I've the funny thing is I worked in product support for five years. All I ever did was hear about people hating AccuDev. I didn't know anybody liked it. Dealers would call, this is junk. I talked to customers, this is junk. I didn't think anybody liked it. Well, then you go out in the field. I actually actually talked to people that had it, and they really like it. There's a lot of people, I'm, I've had great luck with it. And my usual question is like, does your field cultivator get stored in a shed? Because <laughs> that, was, that was one of the problems is, and we've talked about it before, but you you know you have electronics on the tool, and then... You just leave it out, you know, in the weeds or back, you know, back, back in, the, in the back of the lot. In the grove. And so those things sit out in the weather and weather is just not really nice to anything on a tool, but electronics for mostly. And I would say that probably the biggest downfall of the two biggest downfalls of AccuDepth was I don't think the electronics as a whole were prepared for how much the, of a toll the weather was going to take on them. Because a lot of the updates that took place to AccuDepth was to make it more Robust. weatherproof. Yeah. Like even the controller wasn't all that well protected mm -hmm. on the earlier ones, no. so 
The other biggest downfall of AccuDepth though was that there was no redundancy. And I say redundancy like that's too big of a word too. Um, but there's no backup. There's no there's nothing to fall back on. So if AccuDepth isn't working, you've you've got no control over the height of your section. So you're kind of just done unless you can fix it on the fly. Fixing AccuDepth wasn't really all that hard. I mean, you can swap sensors, you can swap valves. You know, if it's beyond that, then you've either got a wiring problem or you need a new controller. That's all. That was kind of all the components to it. Um, but if you if AccuDepth wasn't working for some reason and you need to go, you got to have cylinder stops in there, and mm -hmm. that did not make people very happy. Yep. So that was that's one of the biggest things when we've gone from AccuDepth now to TrueSet is TrueSet is on a single point machine. Yep. So it's not a separate hydraulic system. It's not different. It's just in addition to a single point machine. So guys may think, well, I don't need that, or maybe I don't adjust all that much. And well, you, you don't need to. I mean, I can say just order it, and if you don't want to use it, don't then, leave, don't plug don't. it in. Yeah. But guarantee they always use it, and yeah. they always like it. Yeah. So you may have an issue with it, and that's the great thing is if you are having an issue, <clears throat> like maybe something's not showing up right. I mean, it could be with the tractor, it could be with the tool. It doesn't matter. Anywhere there's an issue, just unplug it and run single point. And you're fine. And then if we can go back and fix it later, if we need to, right? right? So that, I think that makes people less frustrated if they do have issues. So, yeah. Well, and another concern is, and tractors never go down, but let's say your tractor had an issue and you need to swap tractors. Sure. And that tractor, you know, nobody's perfect, isn't a green one. Or if it's a green one, I mean, if it's, because TrueSet only works on 30 series or newer. Yeah, right. So if it's a 20 series, a 10 series, or an odd, or even older, then it also will not work unless you have a compatibility kit on there. And in that situation, I get the call all the time. How do I convert this thing from being true set to single point? I'm like, you just take that big nine pin connector and, unplug and it. don't plug it in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's zip tie. <laughs> then use your single point rod. So that's the important thing is to say AccuDepth and TrueSet are completely different systems. They are not like, it's not like true sets, just kind of a smoke screen update. And we changed the name so people wouldn't notice totally different systems. we not, we got, got that one out of the way. <laughs> yeah, thank God. That Everyone's was high heart rate alert <laughs> on their watches. When I said, AccuDepth. Oh, yeah, I have bad stories about AccuDepth. No likey likey. Yeah. I got yelled but, at, but I think AccuDepth, like everybody you talk to, what do you think of AccuDepth? It was always, it's great when it works. Yeah. Well, that's everything technology. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's great when it works, but yeah. when it doesn't, they curse it. Yeah. So it is what it is. So as we talked, you mentioned it, the 2660 VT is, by a lot of people's terms, not a vert vertical tillage tool. Yes. So the VT, you officially, concave. the VT on 2660 VT, is, whether you believe me or not, does not technically stand for vertical tillage. It stands for variable tillage. It's a variable tillage tool. So it can yeah. be a vertical tillage yeah. tool. I mean, but in most people's opinions, you can take the blades all the way to zero. <laughs> and even when they're zero, there is that light concavity blade. It's not a yep. full concavity disc blade, but it's light concavity. But at zero degrees, you're essentially a vertical tillage tool. Yeah. Very, very minimal soil movement. But you can take it all the way up to 12 degrees, which if you look at like a, a tandem disc, uh, they're usually somewhere in the 18 to 20 degree range as far as angle on like a traditional tandem disc so 12 degrees you're you're getting, getting up there close, ways yeah. if you are 2680h the compact disc that one runs at 17 in the front 14 in the rear so 12 is you know you're mm -hmm. you're almost being a disc right and where i was going with this is yeah because you have the 2660 vt that doesn't stand for vertical tillage 
and then the 2680H high-speed disc. Yes. When I first started four years ago, everybody was just rippers and field cultivators. That's basically the only tillage tool, well, and occasionally the plow, mower plow. I'm seeing a lot more people f- switching over to those vertical tillage tools or variable tillage tools and high-speed discs and things like that solely because they have to be more productive and get more ground covered faster. And so have you? did you notice that when you were out out in country or out in territory that more and more people are sw- switching those to those tools or not? Yeah, and it's I, I'd say that the, especially the 2660 VT and, and the 2680H caught on a lot faster in areas that were a little bit more accustomed to those tools. Like in Owatonna here, we're in very, you know, it, there's a lot of conventional tillage here. There's not a much of an established vertical tillage market. The closest thing that most guys had prior to the, the 2660 VT or the high-speed disc coming out would be like the Salfords. Yeah. Um, which it's, those are interesting because there's not, you know, it, we're kind of in the same range of what guys are trying to do with the tool, but, but those tools don't. a different way of doing that. Don't quite look the same. Yeah. No, not even from 50 feet away. <laughs> so that's something though is, I knew it would catch on. I know the 2660 VT is, in my opinion, the best tillage tool that John Deere makes, even though my farm owns a 2230. It's different operation. I think it's the best thing that John Deere makes. The 2680H, there's not a more productive tillage tool out there. Yeah. Like the thing that we struggle with most is that guys try to buy too big a one mm-hmm. and then they have a hard time pulling it over 10 miles an hour. Like you got to remember, you need to pull this thing 10 plus miles an hour, this high speed disc. That's what it's there for. So, it takes a little bit different horsepower range mm-hmm. uh, per foot. So, yeah, that's they've caught on fast all of a sudden. Now, it, this, I think the snowball took a long time to pick up when we don't have a good precedent for, you know, running a VT tool like yeah. that. So it's taken a lot of demoing, a very hard push with demos. Even this year, we've been pushing that VT demo a lot, but the guys that run them. Love them. All love them. Yeah, like I've never heard a bad thing about guys running them. As soon as they get to know how to the, how to adjust it so they can adjust it to where they want it or they the job they're looking for or the residue management yeah <clears throat> as soon as they get to the point where they're comfortable adjusting it and comfortable making changes to it as soon as they get to that point then they just run it till the wheels fall off because they love it so much did yeah. we talk did we talk about prescriptions yeah no well, well a, little, a bit. little bit not okay. yet but i mean to f- i guess to finish our tangent on this 2660 vt i'm in charge of you know coordinating our demo program and so tillage is a big part of that, both spring and fall. I did find that early on, especially a lot of, or almost most of the 2660 VT demo requests were all coming in areas where we sold one to yep. an influential customer. Yep. And then the word of mouth got around, everybody drove around, they looked at his field, they loved, they saw the job it did. Yep. They got, you know, and good hop word the, of hop mouth. on the bandwagon. And then that, so that's where everybody else wanted to try it. So yep. it's like these little circles all over that were like, all these requests came in from just different areas where we had one on the ground. Yep. So yeah. So that's the best advertising you can get. Yep. Lots yeah. of buzz. I can ramble all day about it. Coffee but. shop talks. <laughs> you need to hear it from the horsey's mouth. <laughs> horsey's mouth? <laughs> yeah. Horsey sauce. <laughs> yeah. So I, we, we, I don't think we hit on this uh, closely, but a big thing with, especially with the VT prescriptions and documentation right the functionality of creating a prescription <laughs> came when the 2230 came out in 2017 uh and i'd mention because i was young too and i'd never really been in a marketing role i'd be all excited about people doing t- 
tillage prescriptions and I'd say tillage prescription and like people would laugh, like audibly <laughs> laugh. I would try to make jokes in a presentation about the new 2230 and no one would laugh, but I would say prescription tillage and they, I mean, it was like I was a stand-up comedian. So uh, things have changed as far as ideas on tillage prescriptions in general. Uh, I, the idea especially caught on when the 2660 VT came out because with a 2230, your prescription is depth and yeah a lot of times guys might not change the depth through a whole field should they mm-hmm. maybe but are they no not really no but when the vt not. comes along that's when guys want to change their gang angle is the big one mm-hmm. and if you if you create a prescription you can create a prescription just for one thing or all the things but the gang angle is a big one because for why that's so practical is you could take a yield map from last year right so a yield map will really be pretty indicative especially in like a cornfield of how much residue is on the surface so you can take the yield map and then build a tillage prescription directly off of that map and then have the gang angle adjust you know more aggressive or less aggressive so essentially you're leaving a more consistent residue cover by adjusting it through the field because you may have top of a hill was 150 bushel and the bottom of the hill was 300 well do you want to do the same tillage over 150 as you do over 300 you can lighten it up over the hill and then you can really, you know, get more aggressive at the bottom where there's more yeah. residue and you can be more, a little bit more consistent and more efficient. You're not wasting as much fuel. Uh, you're not wearing out blades quite as fast that way. Yep. So I'm seeing uh, with just depth too, with, with uh, field cultivators of sandy, sandy hilltops. You know, yeah, yeah. Like maybe you got peat ground. That's just, you know, you don't want to go more, you know, a lot of guys have a area of a field that's like peat ground. It's a real soft, you know, they always, Oh, we just pick it up through there. You can have the tool do that on its own, especially mm-hmm. if you've got a hired hand and you don't have to, you know, an owner operator, they know all the spots in the field, yeah. you know, at least they think they do. If you got a, you know, you hired a guy like me, I, I <laughs> don't care. I used to be the tillage guy on the farm I worked on. I won't name the farm because I feel bad for him. <laughs> um, I mean, one time I left with a seven shank ripper, did a hundred acres, came back with a six shank ripper and they were like, well, now you take the gator back and find that <laughs> thing. Find it. I don't, maybe I shouldn't share this story either, but occasionally it'd be like a Friday afternoon and we were going to go hang out with the buddies and uh, I still had like 30 or 40 acres left. And so, you know, what do you do? You pop it up like an inch or two and, and then you faster. grab another gear and you just get her done <laughs> from the road. You can't tell. <laughs> I mean, I never did that. That was a hypothetical story. Oh, yeah. yeah. I made that yeah. up. Yep. 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 <laughs> But with a prescription, you can take a lot of that room for error, operator error, out of the equation and build it literally off of a soil map. You can build off of a yield map from last year. And people think that it's really complicated to do. It's not. I can build you. I've built guys' prescriptions sitting in the field with them for a demo. It takes three to four minutes. I mean, you punch in your client farm field. You find your field you want to do. You pick yep. your operation. You pick you know what you want to build that map off of. You can build custom ones and draw them, like we, Chris says, the Picasso mode. Uh, you mm-hmm. can build your own maps that way, but building off a yield map, it it's super simple. And then if your machine's connected to operation center, and boom, send, send shoot it right, it, shoot it right into the display. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Based to rate based in, uh, on soil types. If you've got any layer of documentation, you got elevation maps mm-hmm. or a lot of guys use elevation layers yield. Yep. And if you, if you get a prescription that you like for that field, because it's based on, you know, it's the same thing every year, you can reuse it the next yeah, year. Keep running it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, if you got questions about making a prescription, like call, call the sports call. Yeah. Or send us an email to everythingagpodcast at kibbleeq.com. There you go. <laughs> so let's, well, I guess we'll finish off from self-scouring to self-driving. <laughs> Autonomous tillage. Yeah. 
so we've we've seen uh we've learned a lot about autonomous tillage uh we've had some opportunities to be around autonomous tillage uh and see it in action um and obviously the first step of that was was true set so i'd say for a customer that may be thinking about how autonomous tillage could fit into their operation in five, 10 years, two years. I don't just know. Just start documenting your tillage passes. Yeah. That's going to be a huge thing. Yeah. The fr- I mean, it's built, it's 95% of autonomous tillage is stuff we already use right now. Yeah. It's auto track turn automation. It's auto path. It's, you know, Starfire, Starfire RTK yeah. now, implement guidance. Yep. Boundaries. One of those things is true set, obviously. Yep. I mean, the next step is just get out of the cab. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we'd highly we advise not to do that. Uh, on, sorry, I didn't, I didn't say to do that. That was a joke. But it was really cool seeing those autonomous chillage tractors because they were pulling chisel plows. And yeah, and somebody might look at a tractor pulling a chisel plow and say, well, why would that be the first step in autonomous tillage and really the answer is I think the chisel plow is the most forgiving of tillage right. tools in yeah. that regard. Yep. So it's, I think, Forgive me for being frank here, but it's the easiest thing to automate. Tillage and chisel plow, both being the easiest to automate. Yep. So then obvious next steps are different tillage tools, yep. but also different, you know, the planting. Planting passes, and it's going to be applicating passes. But I think the logical next steps are all going to come very quickly. Yeah, as soon as they get the tillage aspect down, soon. so starting with, it's, it is starting with chisel plows, getting that figured out, and then it'll go to field cultivators or maybe a VT tool or whatever it may be. As soon as they get to that pass, then hook up a planter behind a tractor. Because a lot of the knowledge that the camera's using to pick up what is and what isn't we're stopping for applies to all your other machinery. So yeah. a lot of the knowledge just goes right over. And then it's really just automating all the other processes that you need to, you know, the functions that you need to use for each one of those passes. So it's all yeah. going to happen very quickly. Yeah. And we're going to be looking at this five, six years from now and think, man, I, you know, did we really think we were going to be here five years ago? The answer is no. And it's hard for people to wrap their heads around. We're, we as a group, you know, Sam, Sam and Chris are very, we're on the front edge of technology all the time with yeah. John Deere tech, but a lot of people, it's, that's kind of mind blowing that that's going to be as common as auto track here within, yeah. I would say 10 years. Oh yeah. We get, for, yeah, absolutely. We'll we forgot what I think is the most important piece of this whole thing. Operation center. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it. <laughs> Did you say it? Yeah, but oh, sure. Well, Till, well, tillage back. documentation and operations. Oh, yeah, because nobody does it. No, no, no. no. Shush, 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 shush. Yes, no, they do. Very few people document their tillage passes in Op Center. I think more people document their tillage passes than you think. No, don't get me wrong. There's a good portion of it, but it's people that have connected machines for connected machines and connected tillage tools. So they have true set and they have connected machines. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of, of people, people just use old or no, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there's a lot of machines out there, at least in our area that are older running your favorite display. Yeah. running my favorite display. <laughs> the brown box. Brown box. <laughs> Woo. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of brown boxes in, you know, older four wheel drives that may be getting a tillage tool with true set on them. But the thing is now, th- those are going to start phasing out. I think a lot of machines just by happen chance. Is that this phrase? Happen chance? Happenstance? Happenstance. I like happen chance. Let's just roll with that. Uh, will be connected machines. Oh, and yeah. Absolutely. As long as you go in and set your client farm and field in your documentation, yeah, it'll automatically... Just have field detection turn on as soon as you enter in the boundary that you should have. It fills it out for you. Yeah. So, so yeah. then you can... But that doc- Field detection, do it. 
Because it's going to get to a point. We all know where this is going. But carbon, pe- carbon credits. Well, it can't we should, be. probably shouldn't yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Controversial. Or, or in other practice, you know, there's some conservation practices. Yeah, there's too, conservation that, that practices having too. Having reduced tillage or variable tillage. Yeah. Where you need to prove, and not only like, hey, I'm going to make this change, but in order to prove that you, you're making a change, you need to show what you yeah, did in the past. document it. Yeah, but, but, I mean, there's multiple facets to that, why that's important. One of them is you can just look at uh, how your tillage pass affected your yield. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can do your own tillage trials that way. Yeah. You can do agronomic trials with tillage. I mean, for example, one would be like, how deep do I run my field cultivator? You get that question all the time, especially guys that get true set. Because before they just like set the single point, like not deep enough. But now that they've got that control, they wonder, well, how deep should I be going? And I don't have the answer for you. It's going to change for every guy. So why don't you just do your own field trial, start at two and a half, go to three, go to three and a half and go to four, or you don't have to go like that big a range, but there's an example where then you can see, does it have any effect on my yield? Does it have an effect on my planter ride quality? All these things, it's just another data point for you to utilize to see, do I need to be going four inches deep? Can I, can I do three and be just fine? If there's no yield difference, if there's no ride quality difference, then you don't need to go an inch deeper. Well, I do have a real story that having tillage documentation would have helped piece, put the pieces together. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there was a guy that had uh, got done harvesting for the year and he couldn't figure out why his headlands were like 75 bushels more an acre than mm-hmm. everything else. Well, after thinking a lot and a lot and a lot, um, he was set, he was doing his field cultivator at two inches deep, well, he did his headlands twice because that's where the compaction was. So that just incorporated the urea that much better and everything else just yep. volatized. Well, now you know. Now you know. There you go. The more so that's why, you so know. if you had a documentation map, you know. The thing is, it's free. It's built into the tool, I should say yeah. that. Yeah, and operation center is free too. Quick plug. You've got the ability to do it. Why not do it? I mean, it, it's never going to hurt you to have more data. It's not taking up space on your operation center account. Yeah. And since you have a, a modem, It'll automatically get uploaded to the cloud and you won't lose it like a data stick. (laughs) (laughs) Or a tiny memory card. Yep. That's what I was trying to say. Can I connect my (laughs) podcast mixer to to the operation center? Op center for my audio files. (laughs) Just just so it's backed up. We're going to watch you carry that stick to your computer and plug it in. Well, see you later.